you like movies that I'm here to say, then this is the show for you, okay? It's called the best movie to a Jimmy Allen tone, so don't touch that dial, turn off your phone. Grab a sweet song, mix of popping corn, from Rosebud to Laughter to Jason Bourne, Meryl Streep to Kirk Russell to Dennis Hopper, and don't forget, y'all, Guys of the Chopper! Alright, let's do the intro, and then crack on okay. with whatever this is. <clears throat> Hello, and welcome to the best movie to podcast the podcast that tells you which movie to watch in any given situation and today we're answering the question what is the best movie to watch that has a great score with comedian <laughs> josh weller ex-musician failed do you say ex or failed uh failed but current comedian can i just point out how good your theme tune is <laughs> yes while I, you i give, made a mental wh- note that i was gonna bring this up while you shit on me for being a failed musician <laughs> you're Sound, your theme tune is um, remarkably good. So the theme tune that you've just skipped through, if you're listening to this, was written by Josh Weller. Um, thank you. So I do pay you, what, five grand a month for that? Yeah, sort of around what I'm getting. Which annoys me when I only put out like two episodes a month. I know, but a deal's a deal. But we've had, we've had compliments. It's a, it's a good... Uh, it's a good theme tune. I know, and you asked me to. I kept not doing it for like three months, and you were being so polite because <laughs> I know what it's like when you ask a mate for a favor and they don't do it, and in your head you're like, "Do it." Kind of need it, but I'm, you're doing me a favor. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, hurry up. Can you bring my insulin just downstairs? <laughs> <laughs> oh, if yeah, you but... could do the theme tune, then I don't care what happens to you for the rest of your life. Yeah, and it was it was one of them where I was like, I'm just gonna put the show out. Fuck it, I'll just put it out, and then we'll add theme tunes later. Uh, but no, then you came through and you. It was my together. first time using Auto Tune. Oh, really? It yeah. shows. It really yeah, shows. I had to download um, an Auto Tune, so it sounded like a robot. Oh no, no, it's good. Yeah, 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 we've had compliments. Or we've got listeners in Egypt, Malta, uh, Switzerland. Now all of them wow. have been pretty silent, but that means there's been no complaints. Well, the Swiss would be silent. Yeah, <laughs> they're quite silent. Very neutral on. I just went there. I just spent two days there, and I get why they're trying to legalize suicide. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame you didn't spend longer there. <laughs> uh, we're doing film scores today. Yes, uh, which is it's an odd one because it's not. You know, film scores often when you talk to like just your man or woman in the pub, uh, they're not like, oh yeah, fucking Hans Zimmer. I love. I think everyone probably knows. Uh, who John Williams is less than you'd think. Like my mom didn't know who he was the other day, but she does have dementia. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like Hans Zimmer, the three. Okay. So your, your most famous ones ever are Danny Elfman, John Williams, Hans Zimmer. Those are the, that's the triumvirate, right? Those are the three big boys. Now, Danny Elfman, it's, I think family guy kind of said it. uh, He's, he's a bit too bombastic, isn't he? He's, they make a joke in one of the Star Wars uh, Family Guys where John Williams is killed by stormtroopers and they go, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, it's just Danny Elfman left. <laughs> and it's all, like, kind of really high strings. and. <laughs> Have you seen the interview where they ask Danny Elfman what he thinks of Hans Zimmer's Batman theme tune? No. And Danny Elfman <laughs> just goes, there's only one Batman theme tune. Oh, wow. <laughs> Here's one. Do you mean the 60s one, Danny? <laughs> <laughs> but who's the best of those three? John Williams. Uh, it's it's John Williams. It's got to be John Williams. John Williams would have to do something absolutely terrible to... I think he takes the title, doesn't he? Like, if you if you talk to me maybe 30 years ago, Enyo Morricone yeah. is the big dog yeah. back then. 
And I think Metallica still come on stage to his song. What's his big song? Welcome Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> what's his, what's what's any more good about the ugly? Is uh... yeah. What's the big one from that? Uh, oh god, it's called. Um, it's called Guess Who's Ugly. Guess Who's Big. That's uh, cool. But yeah, it's it's the this the the ecstasy of gold. That's it. Yeah, and that's the that's. <laughs> I oh, know that's no, that's not it. What's the one that they they come on it's stage the, wah, to? Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, wow, 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 yeah, wah, yeah, that wah. one. And it's da, 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 da. If, if you've ever done a, a really shit American sitcom where you've made a joke about people looking at each other's eyes and it just keeps going into the, like close-ups of their eyes as they're like, say you're reaching for the last donut or something, they're riffing on a scene from The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly where. Uh, it's like to... any movie where they're about to do a heist it plays that da, da, da. <laughs> yeah. da, da, da. they do that in every film and every film it works yeah uh so would you are we saying john williams is probably the big dog though i think pound for pound mm. like who <sighs> i think the thing about john williams is i i heard in an interview with him that he said a film score should narrate the movie uh, which I kind of liked. It's not, it doesn't draw too much attention to itself, but it is kind of, it's there, you know, and the, the elephant in the room, weirdly is a shark in the room because yeah. the most famous film score, I think is probably Jaws. Burner. And it's, yeah, it's too, even if someone who'd never seen a film, Burner. someone who's been locked away in a dungeon, you know, in Switzerland, <laughs> someone come out and you went, Austria. Did. Yeah. In Austria. So yeah, I'll just edit that in later and everyone will be like, oh, he's funny. I wonder why Josh didn't laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but everyone knows it's two notes. Did. Do you think at the time Spielberg was like, I fucking paid you for this, mate? Yeah, you know when um when McCartney delivered, and this is not score, this is soundtrack, but when um because there is a difference, but when McCartney <laughs> delivered um uh Live and Let Die. Yeah, and he flew to I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy I think it was James someone Bond. in was it Broccoli? Yeah, could be Broccoli. <laughs> could be Bro- That's my name. Could be Broccoli. I know could that's his name, but was him. that his real name? Yeah. Well, what do you think Cubby's short for? C- Cuffbert. Cubby is like what you keep your books in. <laughs> He's got books, loser. <laughs> Ian Fleming. You mean your notes? Um, <laughs> you notes like, to X's. When uh, McCartney delivered, he flew. I think he flew to like Jamaica and like played it to Cubby Broccoli. And it was like, when you were young and your heart and living a down. And Cubby Broccoli was like, yeah, it's really good. He's like, but when are you recording the actual version? Because this sounds like crap. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And McCartney was like, no, this is it. It's done. That's that's my favorite nag. Like when someone tells me a new joke and I go, yeah, you just need to work out like a punchline for that. Yeah, just punch that up. And then yeah, that'll, yeah, be, yeah. that'll be great. Uh, what's the best Bond theme tune? Oh, God, best Bond theme. I mean, Live and Let Die is it's up there, there, isn't it? I think. Can you count Louis Armstrong? It's got to get out of there, surely. All the time in the world doesn't count. <laughs> it's quite all right there. It's yeah, and they there. used it in the last one, which I thought was... See, this is something that really bugs me in films, is when they use um, old motifs and theme tunes in remakes and reboots. So they used it... What's the one where he dies? The Bond uh, film, the, well, the last spoiler, one. Spoiler, no time to die. Yeah. He, he does have time to die. Which Billie Eilish did. That's a great yeah. Bond theme. Yeah. It, that's, an incre- that's the best of all the new ones. Since Ooh. Goldeneye, that's the best one. Everyone loves uh, Adele's one. It's Skyfall. It's Skyfall. <laughs> but then when you find out that Skyfall is just like an allotment. Yeah, it's just a, it's the Millennium Dome, isn't it? 
what is, is Skyfall the one on the Millennium Dome? No, no, no. That's um, the. Uh, oh no, that's Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, that's the world yeah. is not enough. And um, the world is not enough was garbage, as in the the band. Yeah, it garbage. went. It went. Tina Turner did Goldeneye. Yeah. Then you got um, Tomorrow Never Dies. Cheryl Crow. Yeah. World is not enough garbage. garbage. And then Die Another Day, Madonna. Oh god, that terrible. was fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna wake up. I'm gonna hit my body. Do you know what I do like though? What they do with the Bonds really well, and I think people. Uh, well, Jack White and Leash Keys as well. Another day to die, or another way to die. Yeah, that was a bit too. I really like um, the uh, the fellow who killed himself. Soundgarden guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did love killing himself, but yeah. he, uh, Chris Cornell. Chris is, Cornell. Yeah. What was his it? one? Uh, you know my name. For what, what film? That was Casino Royale. And That's that a bit cocky. You've got to have written a really good Bond theme for them to go, what's the movie called? It's called Casino Royale. Oh, I've written a song. It's called something else. Yeah. And for them to go, oh, for fuck's sake. Fine, I, you we'll were never going to call a, 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 a song Casino what was the... Royale. We're in Casino Royale. <laughs> not much. The film yeah. is not based there. <laughs> he just sat there with a rhyming dictionary and was like, fuck. But what, what, what he... rhymes with Royale? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> what he did quite well with that, and what they do in the Bond films is they they throw in the theme, like they know what the song is beforehand, and then the composer just throws in like little elements of the theme throughout yeah. the film. And you kind of your mind doesn't realize that it's happening, but then you're like, oh yeah, that's that's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's in all of them. Oh, the, the, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's the main. Yeah, one. but they throw it in, don't they? Yeah. And what's weird is that score from the '60s. Yeah. But you, we would be so pissed off even in 2023. They so they have to update it, but you update it too much, it's like, oh fuck off. Yeah, and that there was the um, what what one did Sam Smith do? Uh, the writings on the wall. And that was that from was Spectre. Spectre. Yeah. Which and then, a lot of people don't like that. I'm I'm happy with it. I, the I day really. the day he won the Golden Globe for best. Uh, theme tune whatever it was radiohead released their version oh of it. yeah and they asked sam smith in the post um awards question you know they go into that room where they have to answer yeah. all the questions and they asked sam smith they're like hey what do you think of tom york's version for the and he was like who's that someone whispers in his ear yeah. and he went he went it was radiohead uh they they released their version of the song today and Sam Smith just went, sorry. Yeah, he said something like, I was I was too busy winning to, to listen to their song. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it bugs me in movies now where, it, like at the end of um, No Time to Die, where they played the Louis Armstrong version. And mm. it's playing, like I watched Wonka yesterday. Um, with and Wonka's Shanley. wife gets shot in a car at the end, like in. <laughs> They're leaving uh, the theater. Like on Her Majesty's Secret Yeah, but it's a chocolate gun. <laughs> it's and quite, that's, it's and quite that's, a right idea. One it, day I'll kidnap a bunch of children. And they keep playing on, in Wonka, they keep playing the Umpalumpa theme tune and Pure Imagination. Yeah. And it really pissed me off because it's like, just write a diff- write a better song than that if you're going to, you know, because they have a whole score mm. of or, the- or a bunch of songs in Wonka written by the Divine Comedy guy. Yeah. Uh, Neil, what's his name? Neil Morrissey. And um, <laughs> <laughs> Neil Tennant. And, um, and it really annoyed me because by the end, I was, and they changed all the words of Pure Imagination. I was like, just either do it or don't do it. Yeah. But then it's, I mean, pure imagination, it's one of those where it's got words to it, but you can you can just have that as score and it'll, yeah. it'll land. And they obviously, 
it's this it's the you know it's the snake eating itself of yeah but if i was in the divine comedy and someone went do you want to write this wonka soundtrack and i went yeah and then i did it and then they went yeah it's really good by the way we're just going to put two of the original songs in yeah. and it's just going to be <laughs> i'd be pretty annoyed how are the new songs though I'm fine i haven't seen wonka i was gonna go today yeah, it's then. fine it's fine i wanted to see ferrari but i was vetoed the songs in ferrari are good yeah because <laughs> <laughs> it's just pure imagination <laughs> Uh, do you do you think I was like, going to do a Formula One joke there, but I'm not going to because says you've got to pick your audience. Yeah, I was going to say it would have been pure imagination for Ferrari to want to or think they can win a Formula One World Championship. Oh, but that joke's just... lost on this audience. Consider yourself burnt, Enzo. Is he still alive? <laughs> no, he's very dead. <laughs> not in a car crash. Oh no, Nicky Lauda. He... He's dead. Yeah, he's super yeah. dead. He was good. The guy in Ford v Ferrari, aka Le Mans 66, dead, he died. Dead. Yeah. Lots of them are dead. Some uh, some good movie songs that go in like over sports, don't they? If we want to move like like the great movie scores. Chariots of Fire. Yeah. That we all we all know Chariots of Fire. Chariots. Chariots of Fire. <laughs> We're running down the beach. It's a chariot of fire. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> that was Tom York's version. <laughs> so I'll I'll scouse up every kind of song that we What's the because best sporting score? Dun, 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 dun. Well, the best, <laughs> best sports, uh, sports score has got to be Rocky, surely. I've got a list of songs that I think they've been in films, and you if you play them in the gym, let's say you're on the treadmill, which I often am. I'm on the I'm on one now. Uh, if you're on the treadmill and you're about to finish, you're coming up to you know your half an hour mark, and then gonna fly now comes on by rocky like i'm staying here another four minutes this is yeah you can't get off the treadmill while gonna fly now is on is there any other like inspiring movie scores that you could take into life and be like this is going to help me in this situation i mean i listen to the taxi driver theme tune in the gym (laughs) 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 just the modern taxi (laughs) there goes the hipsters and the the immigrants and one day this city is gonna be some some guys next to you like you know you have to put weights on these sticks before you lift them. <laughs> um, okay, so sticks. Who are the best three? So John Williams, Hans Zimmer. Uh, well, yeah, you got an Elfman. I don't think Hans Zimmer writes. Uh, this uh, is going to be controversial, but I don't think he writes memorable theme tunes. I think he writes atmospheric, like sound pieces. Mm. Whereas. John Williams, you can go da 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 da, and you can't. I don't think you can do that with any. But then, as as Hans Zimmer just not been given. Like, dun 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 dun. What's that? Dun dun. That's Pirates of the Caribbean, which I fucking love. No, that's isn't that The Rock. Uh, dun 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 dun. I oh, know that's Bad Boys. <laughs> no, The Rock is do 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 do. It's close, but do, do, that... do, do, do. is that is that Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah, Pirates of the wow. Caribbean. Wow, is that Hans Zimmer as well? Yeah. And Hans, well, I was gonna, I was gonna say this later, but we can talk about this now. I think Hans Zimmer has just been lumbered with lesser films, like Pirates of the Caribbean, is the greatest score to just an okay film franchise. The first God, film's that's great, a great point. But he, he's, he's got a, a, a dramatic song called "One Day" that he put on Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm. And if you're listening, pause it, go listen to "One Day" on Spotify. It's like the most beautiful. It's about kind of, I think it's when. Uh, the two white leads are like, oh, I love you, but I'm boring. I love you, but I'm boring. Keira Knightley and and Legolas. Bloom. Yeah. What's okay? They managed to become more boring as that 
series went on as well. Yeah, but that's it's amazing what money and cocaine will do to your ability to turn up on time and deliver a line. <laughs> or take a line. <laughs> okay, what's the best score to a bad film? Because I've got mine. Um, maybe uh, Joe the Fates. Or, the, or like John, did- John Williams still brought it on uh, Phantom Menace. I was going to say Hook. Hook? Oh, but is Hook a bad film or is it a fantastic... Hook is Hook is, a, is 40 minutes too long. Yeah. Watching it, at old, like, now that I'm older, it takes way too fucking long to get to Neverland. And also that bit where um, Tinkerbell gets big is just such a waste so of 10 minutes. <laughs> so and then, then just, just so Robin Williams can get off with Julia Roberts. Yeah, exactly. Why wouldn't you not? And her? then, you know, she kept disappearing. She didn't show up for like half the shoot because she was married to Kiefer Sutherland, who... Um, kept like flying her away. I've heard she was uh, her nickname was Tinker Hell. Was it really? Yeah, on that because apparently it was bad. Like relationships were bad, uh, and that imagine that's the bit of drama on a set that Michael Jackson is visiting. <laughs> like Michael Jackson would regularly visit and be like, "Did he really? Yeah, that's so." Where's them last boys? <laughs> uh, there were fourteen, Michael. No, there were thirteen. <laughs> no, Michael. Come on, give the one back. God. These are happy thoughts. <laughs> oh, there you are, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he lost them good. Have to moonwalk. Have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think yeah, phenomenal. Hook is phenomenal a phenomenal score. And again, Williams does this where he he'll have like one core theme, mm. but then everything else is a fucking banger. Yeah. You know, you look at Star Wars and you you think, da, 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 you know, the main Star Wars theme, but then you've got like the Emperor's song, yeah. Jewel of the Fates, the the bit in uh, the Revenge of the Sith where he's like, I should probably go kill some kids. Order sixty six. He he surrounds the entire film with bangers. Mm. Yeah, he's also really good at. He'll sneak a good song in under the guise of the score. Are you talking about when the when Maggie sings in? When Hook? You're all alone. <laughs> That's such a good song. I would have killed And then um, he does it in Home Alone as well. The um, other. Christmas tree. My Christmas tree lit up like a star. That's a John Williams original, right? So he's like, that's like a Christmas. That's a good Christmas song. But he sneaks them in as um, like like John Williams. He's got to work with like Spielberg in the 90s. All these huge genre films where it's like take a big swing yeah and then our boy hands gets given nolan in the northeast i know that's so depressing it's like like you can't bring out a fucking banger for you know dunkirk can you <laughs> it's just you know how do, what's the atmosphere on this one i also feel like he was like he's made up this story handsome with it he was like yeah i heard the clock is this the dunkirk is the clock isn't it uh no it's um isn't it in uh, interstellar is the oh clock. yeah no dunkirk's a typewriter yeah and it's like yeah i get it you you know you haven't you were just bored <laughs> he keeps being like oh, i was i just like it, what happened was he sat down at his typewriter and was like fuck this film yeah <laughs> and then starts writing a letter to his mom and then he's like oh this will do did he do tenet as well i assume it, probably it's one of yeah. them where you're forced into that relationship and you can't go this is shit underrated hans zimmer score is um as good as it gets oh i like as good as it yeah. gets um that's a that's a Maybe the best film ever made. Is that how's that? Is that a bit of like 
jazz or sax on that. Yeah, and then who did the theme tune to um, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? Was uh, Alan Silvestri. Who was it? Well, I think those those light. Ah, here we go. Right. So, in uh, in Hans Zimmer's corner on a shit film, great soundtrack or great score. Driver Miss Daisy. Yeah, you hear Driver Miss Daisy again. You know, he shows up. Yeah, that's a really good one. The Terminal, John Williams, great score, average film. Yeah. It, the terminal is just a riff on the Batman theme, though. I think. The ter- terminal is a good <laughs> film. <laughs> the terminal would have been better if it used if it just took Danny Elfman's Batman. <laughs> um, what do you think of uh, Shape of an Immigrant Against the Moon? Does Prince count as a score, or is that a soundtrack? I think Prince is a soundtrack in the same way that, sadly, but they use it Queen... so much in the film. Yeah, but for me, like you can't. If you have the only way you can have words in a score is if you do the gladiator thing of wailing woman. Not today. <laughs> have you the the wailing woman? Do you remember that trope in the noughties? I think Tears of the Sun, the Bruce Willis film as well, mm. just did. If you're any kind of exotic uh, climber, just if you need emotion in your movie, just have a wailing woman over the score. Who did gladiator? <laughs> it's our boy Hans. Is it Hans? Yeah. I wanted to write a joke, uh, like an accurate, it's too long-winded to do, but like uh, I wanted to do a um, a correction scene for Gladiator. You know, um, who's the guy that died while they were making Gladiator? The actor? Oh, Oliver Reed. When they go, uh, he goes, what do you want? Uh, man, woman, girl, boy. <laughs> and Russell Crowe ignores him. I want to. I think if it was really in that time, Russell Crowe would have gone, actually, a boy would be quite nice. Yeah. <laughs> I still want to free the empire, but yeah. <laughs> a boy would go down really well in this cell, actually. <laughs> but weirdly, because of 1999 prejudices, I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, Gladiators a very good score. But you know what I mean? There was that weird. But it's like, not as memorable. There was that weird five-year period of um, the Wailing Woman, like Troy. Troy had it. <laughs> it was... Yeah, but that's a bad film. I met someone once who said it was their favorite film, and I just couldn't be their friend. <laughs> I, I met someone, uh, he doesn't listen to the podcast, so I can feel free saying it. I went on a work trip with someone, and we went round and said, uh, What's your favorite film? And I was like, Obviously, John Carpenter's The Thing is the best film ever made. Uh, and someone said, Lucky Number 11. <laughs> Josh Hartnett, Morgan Freeman, and Bruce Willis. <laughs> it's great, and it's like, it's just, it's just a film. It's not a bad film. It's not, no. Hang on, it's not a good film. Exactly, it's just a film. It's one of those films that came around around Sin City where CGI, where they started realizing they could mess with digital tone in film mm. and make the, they could change mise en scène like through digital cinematography. But I do, I miss, I miss Josh Hartnett. I'm glad he's he's getting a comeback. Yeah, I auditioned for a film with him recently. I didn't get it. <laughs> was it, it was uh, all set on an airplane. I was like, this is a bad idea. <laughs> Like it was basically Die Hard on a plane. Oh, that sounds great. Which is basically Air Force One. Which right? is basically Die Hard Two. That's true. <laughs> um, that how did this conversation come about? It wasn't Die. It was Ghostbusters. I, I messaged you saying that Ghostbusters Two soundtrack was yeah hugely underrated. Uh, I love well the again the Ghostbusters one score. It feels like they haven't brought anything over into number two. It's yeah, all... but it's a different guy. And you know, the guy didn't watch Ghostbusters 2. Sorry, sorry. The guy who scored Ghostbusters 2 didn't watch Ghostbusters. 
That's why he makes it like a yeah erotic thriller. Yeah, it's really weird because the first soundtrack is the the co- the the comic tone of that film against a sort of nineteen twenties horror film score. Mm. They juxtapose each other, but they match so well. Whereas Ghostbusters Two, although it is a really good sequel, the music really messes with it because yeah, the guy just you, doesn't get it. You do 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 do. <laughs> like Venkman's theme. <laughs> that, oh, that's <laughs> the first one. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's light and it's like, oh, you know. But that's Ghostbusters 1. And that bit where Venkman um, is dancing outside Rockefeller with the, the, yeah. with the fountain. And it builds. It's beautiful. That's a great romantic mm. moment. And the bit where Venkman says, uh, please come down to yeah. Sigourney Weaver when she's floating four feet above her covers. He, he's not. He's not scoring it like a a broad comedy. Exactly, he's scoring it like a um like a romantic movie. Mm. When it needs romance, he goes full Hollywood romance. Yeah, and then um, but when they need the up tempo stuff, like that bit on the bridge with um Winston and Ray. Yeah. Oh man, it's such a it's so tonally perfect. So I've just realised, Josh, that you're wearing sandals and socks. So we're gonna have to end. My the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> They're Birkenstocks. <laughs> you know, anyone who's listening and being like, this guy knows what he's talking about. Josh is wearing socks and sandals. Yeah, but I mean, we're in, my, but where are we? And nothing else. We're, yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah. uh, we're in the, v- uh, the WA. <laughs> the, the, we're in, we're the, in the, women's, the Women's Institute. We're in my house. Yeah. So I'm going to wear, you're like, you I'm not wearing boxes. Yeah, which is good. <laughs> Can't believe you own property. I don't own in this Chelsea. house. <laughs> <laughs> Which is where we are. Yeah, do you know what? I hadn't thought of that That first Ghostbusters as, uh, like, obviously it's a significant score from my childhood, but what's, number two feels like they just throw songs at it. Well, that was a natural progression for a film that was so heavily merchandised, mm. right? If you think about the vinyl and physical album sales between 1984 and 1989, so the music industry at that point is, like, booming in a way that it's never been since hmm. so they obviously did all the toys and then when did real go but ghostbusters come out that was in between one and two right yeah it yeah. was all yeah so they inevitably went okay well we're gonna bank big bucks on if the ghostbusters theme tune was a, as big as it is let's have 10 good songs on the next there aren't there are two good songs on the ghostbusters 2 soundtrack I'm to think. saving the day is number one saving the day. That's, that's number one yeah that's ghostbusters one or two I think saving the day is number one. Saving the yeah, it is because that's when they rock up and he yeah. got a date with a, yeah. and even Ghostbusters. Even Ghostbusters. Bill Murray says it musically. He's like, got a date with a ghost. Yeah, and yeah. they no Ghostbusters two is Bobby Brown. Well, I guess oh, that's a huge song. Have to take control. Gotta gotta take control. <laughs> also, have you ever looked at the rap in the middle of the song? Uh, no. Okay, hang on a minute. I'm ready Let for me, it. Though. So, uh, what's it called? Take control, Bobby Brown lyrics. Yeah, which it's it's. Pretty bad Bobby Brown talking about taking control. Um, so I'm going to read out the rap. Okay, so if you haven't seen the film, right, mm. and you're thinking, quite like to see Ghostbusters 2, <laughs> it's 1989, you're driving to work, right, you turn on the AM radio, and um, what else do you have in your car in the 80s? A cup holder? Do they exist yet? Coke. Right? You're drinking a big gulp, and you're driving <laughs> to work, and Take Control by Bobby Brown comes on, and the DJ goes, this is the main track from the Ghostbusters 2 soundtrack, and the rap comes on, right? This is the rap in the middle of the song. You've never seen the film. 
too hot to handle, too cold to hold. They're called the Ghostbusters in the ring control. You're like, okay, fine. Right? He's just rapping about yeah. Ghostbusters. Had them throwing a kid, haven't had them throwing a party for a bunch of kids while all the while the slime was underneath the building. You're like, okay, well, you're giving <laughs> away the crucial plot. plot lines. Right. <laughs> so they packed up their group, got a grip, came equipped, grabbed their proton packs off their back, and they split. Found out about Vigo, the master of evil, trying to battle my boys. That's not legal. There's like spoilers <laughs> all over that rap. He's not wrong, though, is he? You know, they had to reshoot. Uh, parts of the movie because bobby brown said he'd only give them a song if he could be in the film uh is he yeah he's when oh he's my, my kid says, brother loves yeah. you can i get one of the proton packs that's bobby brown and they're both like why don't you go fuck yourself yeah proton <laughs> pack is not a toy <laughs> um and then the other great song on ghostbusters 2 is glenn fry from the eagles flip city how's that going? uh Give once oh yeah no that is that's thing. great yeah flip city that's a huge song uh, is that when all the the oozers starting to take over? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. yeah when, the, the, when her coat comes alive. Yeah, and the, which the, is pretty much they watched the first one and went, you know, when all the ghosts escape, and then it we have like the the ghost taxi driver and all that. They said the Titanic just <laughs> arrived. Oh, it's Cheech as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, better late than never. <laughs> and he's been dead for forty years. I would have preferred if that was uh, Cheech's character from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, I we got if... Titanic pussy, we got dead pussy, <laughs> we got ghost pussy. We got slimy pussy. <laughs> we got Janine Melnitz pussy. <laughs> we got Scalero pussy. <laughs> oh, it's the Scalero brothers. <laughs> Actually, the, the, the score for the courtroom bit is good, because that's quite obvious. I always thought you and me would make a good Scalero brothers for Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> We'd have to get chairs and just be sat in the chairs the whole night. We'd have to have someone dressed as a Oh, judge. my God. The Scalari brothers. <laughs> get in the chair. He's actually um, he's actually really quick to recognize them, considering they're in monstrous ghost form. Yeah, and they're dead. Yeah. And also be like, I'll go tell the Ghostbusters this. Yeah. <laughs> and also how... <laughs> Not just screaming. He... The afterlife exists. He's like, oh, I know these. Yeah. And how quickly he drops the case as well. Like he was taking so much pleasure in jailing the Ghostbusters. Mm. And then immediately he sees two ghosts and just goes, forget it. It's like, it, I don't believe that he would have done that. Do you know what always wound me up? And we've gone way off topic here, but I love talking about the Ghostbusters. So that's fine. I'll forgive you this once, Josh. Okay. They don't call uh, Winston when they decide to do some stuff because Winston was just a, a, a day rate guy. Like Winston never wanted to be involved in any shenanigans that wasn't pay me, you know, fuck you, pay me. Mm. So when they do the stuff, because they're not getting paid by Dana, when they take up the, make the hole in the city, Winston's not there. And I, as a kid, I'd be like, why haven't you invited Winston? That's mean. He's your friend. If you're doing Ghostbuster stuff, you should have Winston back. And because Winston's not there, he's not on trial in the courtroom. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. That's what happens. <laughs> So fuck you for not inviting. Winston's sat down. He's just watching it. But then also, when the three of them are back together, have have the fact that the four proton packs were together, and have Winston in the court. Yeah, he, that's he's why. In the court why is he? Why does he run away when the ghosts arrive? Yeah, it doesn't make any <laughs> narrative sense. You'd think he'd be there, going, "Guys, come on!" And as he powers up the pack, he's like, "I'm charging you." Yeah. From now, I'm on the clock. Yeah. <laughs> Just if you can just sign the same clock. Which Ghostbusters movie is it where he goes, No job is too big, no fee is too big? <laughs> is that one? Yeah, that's one where um Yeah, where where they first like get in the news. Yeah. We're the brave, we're the bold, we're the only 
Yeah. With the Ghostbusters. I had no idea it'd be so much. I won't pay it. <laughs> well, that's okay. We'll just put this back in here. No, no. <laughs> Well, at the end as well, talking about uh, the hate for Winston, which I assume is just because Bill Murray's a massive racist. Uh, there's a bit where there's a bit where Vigo does the exact same trick that Zul does, and hits, okay. them, hits them all with that. The it's now 1990s CGI mm-hmm. electricity, and they get they say some. The, the Ghostbusters ask each other how they're doing. None of them say, "Are you okay, Winston?" They're like, "Ray, are you okay?" <laughs> yeah. Egon, are you okay? And then someone goes, Bankman? He goes, I'm fine. <laughs> None of them are, go- are like, Winston, But I always thought right? that was because they knew that Winston was going to get that line. Man, I love this town. <laughs> I thought it was because they knew that in the writer's room, they were like, let's not, they probably did ask him and cut it out because yeah. they knew he had that big ending. I do like, I like that he's, Ray's considered the heart of the Ghostbusters, but Winston is the real heart, I yeah. think. 100%. Uh, and no okay. smoking in the second one as well. They all go. They got three smokers in the really? first one, and then in, I watched in the second one. The only bit I can see where they're smoking is when um, Ray is getting out of the Ecto One to go to the kids' party, and he, you can see him holding a cigarette. But because it was kids' <sighs> movies, when you think how iconic, like the smoking is in the first one, yeah. Now we're making it for kids. Can't have can't have smoking. Okay, segue. Vigo. Yeah, from so, Die Hard. Okay, good. That's what I was going to yeah. ask. So, what do you think of um, those two classic, or three, maybe John McTiernan scores? Alan Silvestri did Predator. Yeah, I don't know who did Hunt for Red so October. The Predator score uh, it's fine. Is I like it. It's fine, but now I, I it's perfect I, jungle tension. Yeah, but I think the use of so you know when Toto recorded Africa. <laughs> yeah, right? I was there. They record. They use loads of like um to like ethnic sounding African instruments <laughs> to make it sound like Africa, but none of the instruments were of African descent. Right. Okay. In the song Africa, which is fine. You've got to serve the song, but like, I feel like when I watch predator now, I'm like, they've put loads of instruments in here that sound like sort of like African style, but what jungle are they in? It's like South America. It's, yeah. It's Central America. Yeah. yeah. And then also all the terrorists, there's like Russian terrorists, French terrorists. It's like a real collection of, bad guys when they yeah. bomb that hut do they never... even say what country it is no no they don't yeah. so it, i found it weird same country that he, he bombs in top gun maverick <laughs> yeah <laughs> just a country and uh yeah i was watching it with my mom the other day my mom's never seen predator and she and even she kept asking she was like what country is this <laughs> that they're in they just choppered into a it's place the highlands it's just above it's scotland <laughs> uh, um, yeah so michael cayman die hard yeah, Mike came Die Hard. Fant- it's so good that he uses it again in Lethal Weapon. Um, <laughs> is Die Hard a good score? Because the fact that the film is timeless means the score mm. must be good, but I couldn't sing you any part is of it, it now. Is it lazy, the Die Hard score? I've got a theory, right, that the end of Die Hard, do you know when he hugs out? Yeah. I think that music is taken from the end of uh, Mr. Blue Sky ELO. You think? Yeah. There's just a riff on it where it's like, da, 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 where they've gone, oh, that's all right. Yeah, we'll take that. I, um, um, but I, I, yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't download the Die Hard score nah. to go jogging. But I think it does exactly what it needs to do. It's a, it's a bit fun. It's got, but also, um, McTiernan uses the classical music as yeah. like the main part of it. So you don't really need to do that much for the, like, a lot of the diehard scores just like boom, 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 
Yeah. It's just like, hello, I'm there, but you, we're not overdoing it. Because also a lot of Die Hard is just McLean finding out stuff. But also that bit from um, when they get out of the Pacific Courier truck at the beginning outside Nakatomi Plaza. Mm. And they no go in. in the back of it. And they, yeah, they shoot the policeman. And then, um, yeah, there is no ambulance at the back of it. And yeah. then Hans Gruber yeah. walks, uh, swipes the card. And even the bit when, uh, sorry, and also, or maybe even this bit, when Bruce Willis arrives and walks through the lobby, there's no music in it. Mm. And it's like, it's quite a Hitchcock thing that he did on birds, because there's no music on the birds, is there? And it's quite, uh, it's really interesting that no, they... No, you're forgetting there's a bit where Creed comes in. Towards... <laughs> and you take me out. Hello, my friends. <laughs> they, uh... Just, just, just as uh, they're getting rid of the birds. Yeah, but the the lack of the the ability to allow the tension to build and not feel the need to throw music in was really clever on Die Hard. Or you could take the Michael Bay approach of every single scene needs to have music that tells you exactly how you should be feeling, but yeah. you should be feel, feeling it times ten. I met um, Michael Kamen's wife, um, who scored Die Hard. Oh, when I was about eighteen at music college, and there, there was like an award ceremony at the end of the year. And I went up to her and just went, hey, I just want to say, I just, you know, I love the Die Hard score. And she just started crying. Are you serious? And I made her cry. Like, in a good way, or was she just like, I'm, I'm not? No, she was like, she oh. was like I'm not Michael Kamen's wife. The <laughs> 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 woman you said, hello. hello. Yeah, I'm no, going to use that next date I go, and I'm just going to sit down and go, look, I just want you to know, I, I love the Die yeah, Hard she score. She just went, sorry, are there any more Volivons? <laughs> Were you wearing a little waistcoat? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. I, I was trying to be nice, but I really upset her. <laughs> what? Is I don't know why she was. I do know why she was upset. She missed. She missed him. Was she on stage at the time? It was like twenty years ago. Halfway through her speech. But, no, me, it was like, the end. Yeah, she was leaving, and I was like, I just want to say that I just need to make you cry. Unless he didn't score that film, then <laughs> <laughs> I've just got it wrong for twenty years. Or maybe she was like, Oh, this guy's coming over to talk about my achievements. This will be nice. <laughs> Yeah, things I've got done. Um, okay, Die Hard, Predator. So what did you? I hope for regular October. I haven't watched recently, but uh, by it's fine. School's yeah. fine. What about our boy Cameron? He's normally quite decent. On Cameron Crow, <laughs> uh, James Cameron. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't uh, think there's a James Cameron's oh, Terminator. Terminator's got some. Who did stuff. Terminator? Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, Oh, Terminator is, I do know that, but because he, he's not done much, but you, it, it, it's part of that industrial dun dun dun. Yeah. Dun, 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 that first one, and, and you can, it's like metal clanging together as part of the score. The full, it, it sounds like you're in a warehouse. Yeah. It's very cyberpunk. It? Yeah. Like, I'm really like, I'm one of those few people that I really don't like Terminator 2. <sighs> wow. Because I found and it. And you're wearing socks with yeah. sandals. <laughs> I just found it like a buddy comedy and I, <laughs> and the first one's so dark that, and the second one's really light and it, I've found them jarring as a pair of films. Uh, yeah, but it's, he decided to, and that sounds wanky, but he completely changed the game. He, he was like, I've got this tiny little horror film off the back of that because it's been mildly successful. I'm going to create at the time, the most expensive movie ever made. Like just the ambition, and I think that annoyingly, that's then that he did the same thing with True Lies at the time. True Lies was the most expensive film ever made. It worked out, and then he makes 
fucking seven avatars because he's like i do this is this is what i do but then the avatars are like the most boring films that cost that much yeah they're not good are they i mean would you say one of your cinematic heroes is jake sully (laughs) (laughs) what's a um what's the avatar what's the avatar music it's like yeah Yeah, i mean it's wobbling it's a a woman isn't it yeah it is yeah (laughs) I just don't understand those. Why do those float, the floating mountains have waterfalls? Where's the water come from? Because it's a floating mountain. <laughs> that really is that your main it? problem with yeah. the, with the narrative of that film? It's a full on waterfall in a, a rock that's not that big, and there's it's not like there's clouds or it's taking water from somewhere because it's just a, an idea he had. Oh, the the floating mountains. The, what did you think of? Um... And if they float, that means it's because of gravity is doing something, but everyone else is just fine. Sorry, sorry, Josh. It's That's just, okay. No, it's all right. I get it. Get we, can, we can. That's talk why I got of, kicked can, out of Odeon. <laughs> and also, just I just hated having to wear glasses when I went to watch that. And every and when the, all the stuff came out, everyone was like, "Ooh!" And I was like, "Yeah, but there's no story." Like, you, I'm just watching. Mm. It's what annoyed me about Wonka yesterday. I was like, "I'm just watching a computer game here. Yeah. This is not acting. This is all fake chocolate." Well, I guess that. That's why the the music on Avatar is it's fake because it's just saying feel this feel this thing right now. What do you think of um, Alien versus Aliens from Ridley Scott to James Cameron? Uh, so I I am I'm an Alien man. I prefer Alien over Aliens, but it's very close. Really, I just think the 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 class dynamics beat it. Um, yeah. And the fact that they they don't kill Burke <laughs> straight away in the second one, like I know it's only like a twenty second. Oh, now the aliens are in. But also the the, the one of the most iconic scenes is, oh, we probably should have made sure that the fucking roof was safe as well. <laughs> like he they he lifts up what is like office lighting, um, you know that's held in place like a plastic, <laughs> like a plastic light socket lifts it up and goes oh fuck they're in here yeah <laughs> and that is one of the most stupid mistakes you can make to not have worked out um you know it's like locking the door but it's a glass door uh whereas i think alien is just as a film absolutely tight and the it it's got to be because the music it's so atmospheric whereas the second one he does you've heard the story about what cameron did when he he went in and said i'm going to make aliens no, and he, he wrote down alien on a on the board in front of all the executives, added an S, and then put two lines through the S to make it a dollar sign. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I'm annoyed that when I pitched Titanic's to him, <laughs> that should have been all of Cameron's follow-ups. Just more. Is the Titanic score good, or is it? One Celine Dion song played um, in different ways. No, because Titanic score hours. again. It's a woman. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah, it's just a woman wailing. Titanic. I'm. Um, Titanic has weirdly come back around to people going, "This is a great film." If when it first comes out, oh, hang on, there's more romance than we'd like. So we're like the the hyper masculine people, are like, "Well, fuck this movie, bloody blah, blah." And then it's kind of had a a renaissance. Uh, whereas I I just think if you've got. Uh, a natural disaster that was really horrific and um, maybe find out some stories some true life stories <laughs> and take from that yeah don't have and also don't start a relationship with someone who is about to kill themselves if you if you talk someone down from a ledge i wouldn't be like i think 
I should probably start nobbing you. <laughs> Welcome to uh, Relationship <laughs> Advice with Jamie Hartley. <laughs> What's your favourite Star Trek school? Uh, well, this is controversial because, I mean, I'm not a big Trekkie anyway. Because uh, when I was young, I was fat with glasses and I read comic books. So I was like, I can't have another one. I can't, <laughs> I can't do that as well. People already are starting to think that maybe I watch Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So I was never a big Trekkie. Uh, but I think the the new the new Giacchino stuff is great. What he's done, it's not. It's really good because nobody, you know, when they uh, you do an update on a film franchise and they go, well, at least the the music better be the same. And then you get your your indie music in you while he's looking at the screen, going, "Please kill me, Jesus." But you you want that indie song, the new Jurassic Park. So you're like, all right, but you but you can riff on it, but you better have us some OG Jurassic Park. With the Star Treks, I think, like, because it was a TV show first, no one was like, we need, you, you didn't want the, yeah, do they even use that in the first one? They only use it in the end credits. Yeah. Um, but he was able, it meant that he was so free to do, uh, there's like four well, or five. I think because they changed music. the timeline as well. Yeah. They, they were clever enough to go, look, if it's a completely different, like trajectory of those characters, then it has to be a completely like different trajectory for your ears as well. Well, you know, Giacchino, one of the, he's got a great sense of humor to him. Have you heard about how he names, he always uses a pun or something with the, the naming convention. So one of the, the, the bits in the first Star Trek that he did, uh, when the, when the two fellas are running around on the ship and it's like, it's building tension. It's called Enterprising Young Men. Because <laughs> on the Enterprise. <laughs> um, but he, he always does puns. And then he, he's been, t- like, when he, when he did Rogue One, they were like, you can't do puns. So he did an alternative track list for Rogue One. Oh, uh, really? Which was all puns. He did uh, Ratatouille as well, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And Up as well. I think Up. Up's a great one. Yeah. Uh, everyone always talks about the 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 bit where the wife dies at the start would have been very different if Elfman had done (laughs) (laughs) so who's the is first contact the best first contact's my favorite I think but I don't I don't think I I remember the score on it no it's just it's it's the best mix of you know you're getting action but also there's some philosophy in there and you get they they literally do the your uh you're Captain Ahab <laughs> to yeah to Patrick Stewart. The, it's not even like oh, this is quite a light metaphor. The, <laughs> well, she even she keeps calling him it. Yeah, it? yeah. And she's like, I hope Ahab's got to go chase his whale. <laughs> um. So should we start to move towards kind of a a definition of what we think? I'll throw you out. I'll throw you out a couple of runners up for me, and then we can do our okay. our favorites are yeah. Right. Fair. So we haven't talked about. Robin Hood, yeah. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which we all normally do. Whenever we meet up, it's normally the first thing is we do. Is that Hans Zimmer? No, I think Robin Hood, it might be, is it Sylvester? I'll, I'll check and delete. So it looks like uh, I knew exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> oh, that is... is that... That's The Rock. Or is that Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah, that's probably to go in again. <laughs> Michael Kamen. Oh, wow. Here we go. Michael Kamen did Roman and Prince of Thieves. Um, but it's so... Uh, I think that film had a chance to 
just be dog shit. What, Prince of Thieves? Yeah. Are, are you, where do you fall on Prince of Thieves? I just don't really care about it as a film. It's not something that I ever want to watch. I think it, it's one that it's so it Because Michael Kamen helped write the Everything I Do song, it is one that perfectly laces in the song film, the film song, the song film, <laughs> laces in just a couple of chords from that into the actual film. From Brian Adams? Yeah. That's uh, oh, da, 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 da. yeah, you're right. Yeah, because it plays it really slowly when when he's telling her, "Right, you need to get the fuck out of this village." And she's like, "Are you going to send someone to help me?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm putting Blind Duncan with you, so don't worry." I intrinsically just don't trust Brian Adams. <laughs> I just, you know, uh, I got my first film. <laughs> yeah, in the summer of '69, he was nine. <laughs> he was a shagger. He was nine years old. So we had a band and we tried real hard. So I used to work in a nightclub, which means I hate summer of '69 because. On a on a Friday or a Saturday around about three a.m. Oh, that would come on. Yeah, it was always killing in the name in the nightclub in Norwich. <laughs> They'd always close with that. That was like the last song. We we were in very different nightclubs. <laughs> I, um, I was in a time and envy. Yeah, Prince of the. Okay, so Prince of Thieves is one Prince of your runners up. Absolute banger. But do you know what? We'll just do the Big Daddy. Uh, my favorite score of all time. Should we uh, say our uh, same? Should we say our favorite one on three? Oh, okay. You ready? One. Two, three. Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the best one. Jurassic Park 2, the last one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, mine's actually Jurassic Kingdom. <laughs> is, that, is that the one where Chris Pratt just gives up on even reading uh, the script? Yeah, what's the most, what's the most recent one? Uh, Jurassic <clears throat> Kingdom, yeah. Jurassic Kingdom. It's Jurassic Park, Woody Allen did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Jurassic Park, Allen versus Farrow. <laughs> versus Velociraptor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it's again Williams. He's he's done about five different scores in the one film. You know, you have the yeah. the intrigue when the cars are going out. Do 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 do. You know, and there's the main the the main theme. You forget starts with that like really long yeah journey uh, to the island. Yeah, 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 and then it kicks in about one minute. And a half in, doesn't it? Mm. Do, 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 And then, the, but also, um, banana. Yeah, because it's a completely two, different piece of music. Dun, da, dun, da, 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 yeah. It's different from, you, da, na, na, yeah. na, na. you'd think that if you, like, if, if I was scoring a film and someone went, what'd you write today? And, and I played it to them and it went, da, 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 da. I just go on holiday. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'd go, I've got this. I've he, nailed it. And he went, nah, there's more. And then he wrote, da, 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 which is one of the most emotionally evocative, mm. like movie scores get a bad rap amongst like, particularly like the classical community. Cause they're like, well, it's not, doesn't count. But like John Williams legacy is, is important as Beethoven's. Mm. It's important as Bach's. Couldn't name one Bach song. Number five. Yeah, Debussy. Barco number five. Bar One, two, three, four. <laughs> um, um, yeah, it's and it, it is music that can be played separate from the film, and it is yeah, like you say, it it makes you feel, but it doesn't it doesn't force you to feel. It no. just you can say that it's nostalgia being there. But John Williams, when he writes, it's. It, he just gets the scene. He understands the scene and goes, all right, well, we'll just give that, we'll fluff that scene for you. The scene's already got a semi and John Williams <laughs> gives it a boner. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. And it's... I think, yeah, Jurassic Park, 
is uh, in my head, I'm just going through like some of the great music, like when the Raptors attack and you got that. Dun, 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 dun. Um, but again, I think if we were nine when Lawrence of Arabia came out, we'd probably say that was mm. the best one. You know? Well, do you know, just thinking on, the, I, f- I think the greatest film that's ever seen, the, the greatest scene that's ever been put to film is the T-Rex escape. And that's without music. Yeah. So the two of them, he was like, John, you've, you've smashed this, but this one, there's nothing you can write that isn't going to be more tense than just sitting in that rain and thinking about the absolute horror of, imagine if a T-Rex was on top of your kids. Keep going. <laughs> and, and it's spotted you out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Told me I'm a bad boy. Yeah. Grab me by the neck. Kiss well, my got- ass. <laughs> Tell me, tell me you love me. It's uh, it's like I was saying about Die Hard is like is is allow, uh, understanding that silence. Mm. Like when you're in a band, they say like the the best mu- thing of, when you're a good musician is when you know when not to play. Is this just what you were told? Yeah, which is a shame because <laughs> I just kept playing. <laughs> It'd be great if you could stand outside, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, we've got we've got some criteria. We're saying that Jurassic Park is the best film to listen to. Yeah, score wise, brackets yeah. scores. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we've got some criteria to decide if this is actually the best film of okay, all great. time. So I've got some questions to throw at you. Uh, does anyone have iconic hair that transcends its time? In Jurassic Park? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the the frills on the dinosaur that uh, kills Newman. It's called a Dilophosaurus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is the only dinosaur they made up. Yeah, well, we used to call it the Shakespeare dinosaur. Because it looked mm. like it had a rough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, it's weird that that one doesn't come back. Well... Because it's terrifying. You could argue, because when they made um, Jurassic Park 3, the archaeologists at that point were like, oh, no, actually, Velociraptors had feathers. Yeah, that was weird. So that might count as hair. But I'd also say Jeff Goldblum's hair is pretty iconic as a fellow curly-haired person. Yeah, I mean, it's not hard to... uh, Not hard to say. Like Everyone else is kind of balding. And you've got, you know, Muldoon as losing his hair. Yeah. I think Samuel Jackson's losing his hair. Yeah. Who's the wait? Who's clever girl? Is that Mold? Yeah, that's Mold. And then the who, gamekeeper. Yeah. Who's Doctor Grant? What's that actor's name? Uh, is uh, Australian guy Sam Neil. Sam Neil, yeah. slightly balding. Sam Laura Neil. Dern. Losing. Everyone else has just got mum and dad hair. Yeah. It's your mum and dad's hair. Yeah. Yeah. Gennaro, they, the lawyer, is balding. But they had to make Goldblum look as rebellious as possible, but also still yeah. a scientist. So I imagine, in the, if we look back at all the wardrobe suggestions for the stylist for mm. he probably at one hawk had well at one point had a mohawk i think you make jurassic park five years earlier he's got a ponytail 100 percent. he's got that yeah yuppie ponytail mm-hmm. <laughs> all right so but so we'll say we'll say yeah yeah there's, there's great hair in it we're also dodson's got good hair well dodson we've got dodson yeah <laughs> that's we got dodson no, he's in. got he's got again the uh the dad kind of thin in it 40. And who's what's that character's name? You have Dennis Nedry. Nedry, he's yeah. got good hair. Yeah, he's got good hair. Like for yeah. the character. By the way, look up Google what happened to the actor who played Dodgson and why he's he doesn't come back, even though that character's been back in the last one. Did Dodson's the, back. Yeah, Dodson's back in the last one. A different actor. Yeah, Dodson's in Jurassic Kingdom. Uh, the newest one, the one where it's locusts. You know, I I was sat down in Edinburgh with you know Ahir Shah. Yeah. Very good comedian. He's all right. And, um, <laughs> no, no, he and someone came up to me and he went to the toilet and someone came up to me and went, is that guy in Jurassic Kingdom? And I went, no, nah, I don't think so. And, uh, and he went, I'm pretty sure he is. 
I'm like, nah, because I, 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 I was living with him in Edinburgh. I was like, nah, I don't know if he was. And he came back and I was like, that guy, this guy kept insisting you're in Jurassic, the new Jurassic Park. And I he was like, yeah, I am. Did I you like, not notice when he was, he was running me? through his lines? Oh, no, dinosaurs. <laughs> ah. If I was in Jurassic Park, I would tell everyone I walked past. Yeah, if it was a Chris Pratt Jurassic Park, though. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, good name drop, though. Solid name drop. Thanks. We'd, Had to get one. We'd in. almost got to the end without you saying that you'd met Michael Kamen's wife. And <laughs> you literally... I, I, um, right. Uh, is there a scene where Chugging and Guinness would help? Uh, yeah, I think... Most of the film. Yeah. So if he's at the beginning of the film, <laughs> they pull the raptor out of the cage, and the guy's getting pulled in. Well, dude, he starts chugging a Guinness. That's he's like, good well, he's comedy. Fucked. He's fucked, isn't he? <laughs> okay, so you um, got that. You got the scene where he um, don't get cheap on me, Darton. If he's having a Guinness there, yeah. wouldn't bat an eyelid. When he pops open the champagne, oh, we were saving that for today. If it's just if it was a Guinness, Guinness yeah. wouldn't make a blind bit difference. The little shit who's like, that doesn't look very scary. Go this far. If Grant's if... drinking Guinness and he's drunk, that's why he goes <laughs> yeah. so hard yeah. on the kid. He's the Try to show a little respect. <laughs> <laughs> and um, if the jar, if the canister of shaving cream was a can of Guinness, <laughs> no one would notice. You go, yeah, that totally makes sense. <laughs> just a Guinness rolling down the thing. Yeah. Yeah, the Guinness yeah. Yeah, getting covered in the mud. It's perfect. Life finds a way. And then uh, remind me to thank John for a lovely weekend. Mm. He's drinking a Guinness then. Oh, just Wh- when the T-Rex is chasing the truck. Yeah. <laughs> Must go faster. Must drink faster. Must drink faster. Yeah, and, and then should you, yeah, and then, should, then um, Laura Dern could lean over and go, are you sure you'd be drinking and driving? <laughs> yeah. He oh, goes, this is extenuating circumstances. <laughs> Shut <then>, up, bitch. <laughs> when he kills the lawyer, the lawyer's on the toilet, he could be drinking a Guinness there. Or even the T-Rex size. Okay. <laughs> Okay, okay. Uh, sub question. Is there any point in the film where a Guinness wouldn't work? Um, uh, maybe I, uh, Mr. DNA, if he's drinking one yeah. while he's telling them. Yeah. Boom. Dino DNA. Or if, if uh, when Samuel Jackson dies, when that hand drops down on Laura Dern's shoulder, if it's just holding on <laughs> Or when uh, the little boy sees the velociraptor and the jelly starts <laughs> yeah. shaking. Because if he's shaking a Guinness, Wait. it would froth over. The pa- instead of the, the glass of water that shows that the See? T-Rex is coming it works Guinness is too thick to too viscous shape. yeah yeah they wouldn't have known the dinosaur was coming <laughs> but you can imagine uh, like a barman in Camden has left that for the full 90 seconds so that it rests <laughs> even though you don't need to just pour the Guinness I'll decide when it's ready to drink um, right uh, is there a sexy sex scene there's not really like they're kind of they say that uh Laura Dern is with Sam Neill. Yeah, but, yeah, because yeah, Jeff Goldblum asks. Yeah, he's like, yeah, we are, but there's not. It seems more like she came to work for him, and maybe the shagging. There's not. There's not like love there, is there? <sighs> okay, what about when he's leaning on the triceratops? <laughs> I think the That's bit where hot. the bit where Hammond is eating the ice cream, talking about this little flea museum. If if he just, if Laura Dern's just like fuck it, he's he's dead. Let's go. Yeah, that's yeah. sexy. Uh, or um, again, the hand, the Samuel Jackson hand <laughs> on a boob. <laughs> she just starts putting herself just, to death. Just on one boob. Oh, Mr. Armstrong. <laughs> Strong by name. Or you could go dark, a bit in the tree. <laughs> the bracket is. <laughs> oh my God. He, Sam, Sam Neil's like, you know what will keep us warm? Life finds a way. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, right. No, there aren't any sex scenes in that film. No, there's implied because the the dinosaurs have eggs. 
Oh yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah, the, so all the dinos are be dinosaurs are out there. They're, right, they're all fucking, aren't they? Uh, could it give Nedry a? Fuck well, they're not because it's asexual reproduction, isn't it? As a fat man, I always like to see a fat guy having sex in a movie. Could it give Nedry a... with the Dilophosaurus in the car? <laughs> oh, well, yeah, maybe when it spits on his face, that's yeah. quite sexy. <laughs> and his hand goes up like the yeah. Titanic <laughs> <laughs> on the slime. Yeah, yeah. There you go. He's blind with love. Uh, is is the room for the throat rip from Roadhouse? Yeah, right. I, I know every every moment in that film. I think. Uh, when Grant goes up the tree to get Timmy out of the car, he realizes that he's traumatized for life. Just ends it. Throat rip. Done. Yeah. Or when the girl unlocks all the security on the computers. <laughs> I've got it. We, you name it, we got it. And then just someone. Uh, thank you. Throat rip. Yeah. Done. Yeah. There we go. Uh, or the again the uh, the Samuel Jackson hand. Yeah. <laughs> he rips her throat out. Yeah. Uh, right. Two more. Is there an absolute banger? No. There's no songs in this, is there? There's no actual songs. No. Uh, not so, one, not one pop song in it. What pop song would you put in? Hit, mm. hit the road, Jack's not a bad one. I think if, or if you go more modern. Uh, what year was it? Ninety two. Yeah, ninety two. So ninety two would have been Whitney Houston oh, era. It's only words, Boyzone. Um, no, what's that one? I want to dance with somebody. <laughs> I want to feel the heat when she's running back to San Neil. Uh, what <laughs> that bit? What about I'm. Have you seen that Fred Armisen joke about the drumming? I on saw that Fred Armisen live in uh, the Cavern Club two weeks ago. And he's like, he doesn't, the drummer's it like, amazing, like, he yeah. doesn't know when to come in. Oh, wow. I managed to name drop two hours a year. And I go, yeah. Did he do a song all about the t-shirt that was running at the time? Yeah. Yeah, he did. It's fine. Yeah. So if you listen to Fred Armisen, I love you. So yeah, no, there's no absolute bangers. But... Is there a quote you can say in your wedding vows? Oh, are yeah. you kidding? Yeah. I've got, that is one big pile of shit. <laughs> oh, that's really good. Yeah, I would say um, you will you will remember to wash your hands before you eat anything. <laughs> that's good in the wedding speech. Or just, kids! <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't move. He can't, she can't see us if we don't move. It's <laughs> a good line to say at a wedding. Uh, she said I should ride with you because it'd be good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Or just ah, ha, 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 just the Jeff Goldblum. Like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> 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 little, 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 little things. <laughs> oh, there we go. Well, thanks for that, Josh. We've, uh, that we've, those are all the questions. That's it. That's all the questions. We've uh, we fixed the world there. Ah. Uh, so the best the best movie to listen to score wise is Jurassic Park. Yep, as decided. Uh, before we go, have you got anything you want to promote? No. Uh, no, you just just follow me on Instagram. Instagram is. Uh, Josh something. Josh Weller. Josh Weller. Or Josh Weller, Josh Weller. Oh, it's your name twice, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because the, the name you'll drop more than anyone else's is your own. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, brilliant. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, uh, mate. Have a, have a wonderful 2024, I think. Oh, God. We're into February now. Things are going to get worse. <sighs> Just got to do it again. Whole yeah. year again. <laughs> All right. Cheers, mate. Thanks. Love you. You too.